advertising on YouTube? Talk to Zimmer Communications. You know business. We grow business. ZimmerCommunications.com. It's what the hill? What? I understood that reference. The latest happenings on Capitol Hill with Elijah Harshow contributor Joel Cannon on KWTO. Joel, I don't even know if you're doing a what the hill today, but we got to play your intro music as is. I love it. Uh, first off, question of the day. Question of the day today. If Jesus was walking the earth, what workout would he do? Ooh, probably like the barefoot running thing. Oh, that's a good that. answer. I love that answer. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know if that phase is kind of out, but there was this sort of minimalist barefoot running phase for a while. And then people had these Croc-style shoes that had individual, like that was the material, and they had individual toe covers, so some some version of that. I remember that. I've never worn those shoes. Yeah, uh, no, no normal person would. Yeah, but you change your shoes like every three months. I, I change my shoes every four years. Yeah, I'm I'm in the market for shoes right now, so I'm taking suggestions. Are you ever not I, in the market for shoes? No, but <laughs> this is because some of us work out a lot. And so oh my, my stability uh, training shoes, the cushioning is dead, and then my running shoes have holes in the toe. So, Joelle, what are we talking about today? Well, I haven't been this worked up about something in a very long time. Which is why you're like, we're doing what the hell on Friday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, it is Friday. I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah. So I, I, I know they, they voted to expel Santos. At this point, I just wish they would expel all of them. <laughs> um, that That is how I feel today. So um, we're talking about the White House and McConnell uh, pretending that funding for Ukraine and other military operations uh, is a, a now is now like an economic policy for us. So, dirty little secret. I just discovered it this week. I I'm almost embarrassed to admit that I didn't know before. But about ninety percent of the money that we have sent to Ukraine has actually been sent to the United States. So. The large majority of the funding, the $70 billion that we have done in Ukraine assistance and relief, um, that it was sold to us, that this was helping the people of Ukraine, has actually been going to the military-industrial complex in the United States of America. I'm going to explain. Um, Essentially, we decided to take our current stockpiles of deteriorating military equipment that's sitting in warehouses, and we've sent all of that to Ukraine. And then all of the supplemental money, a very large majority of it, has been being shoveled to U.S.-based military supply and manufacturers across the country to rebuild new equipment for our own stockpiling. Um, I had no idea that this is how the, quote, Ukraine relief was being spent, a very large, the non-humanitarian part of it. 
And I'm guessing that most of our listeners didn't didn't know that either. So it's been interesting because conservatives and and even just more normal, moderate Republicans have been struggling to get on board with another round of funding for Ukraine. We've spent almost $70 billion, quote, on Ukraine. I can't even say in Ukraine anymore. It's just on Ukraine, related to Ukraine, sort of related to Ukraine. And... Um, we're looking, the White House has asked for another $60 billion. So there's a $106 billion supplemental military funding bill floating around, not been passed, but $60 billion of that is supposed to be for um, border security and Ukraine relief or something like that. Um, but because no, none of the Republicans are wanting to support this money anymore, the White House and Mitch McConnell, which is the crazy part, have decided to say this isn't the national security argument isn't working. So now they're saying, look, this is a jobs program. And now the White House sent out a graphic that has a map of the United States and it has lists of companies and dollar amounts and the type of ammunition and um, weapons that are being used. So they're essentially saying, look, this is a jobs program. This is an economic bill. This will help our economy. These are This is money going back to your district. So even if you don't care about Ukraine, you should vote for this. Um, completely outrageous. But crazy enough, McConnell's office has done the same thing. They sent, and this is sort of inside information, hasn't been in the um, local newspapers. McConnell's team sent an email to each senator's office, Republican senator's office, a very long written email. I have screen caps of it. You know, hey, look, these are maps. Where is this, the current supplemental funding money going? And they have all these maps, maps of everyone's districts, again, which which it's almost identical to what the White House sent out, which is a little bit concerning. So Tell us a little bit. I'm curious, what's the House do under Johnson in regards to all this? Because that's been a big point of discussion. Yeah, I mean, it it has been. um, At this point, I think they're struggling to get the votes for for the money. The the let's pretend Ukraine is a economic policy instead of a war policy approach is not working. There's a long article in the Washington Post about. Um, you know, basically, the senators and the congressmen that are from the states are saying that where, you know, the White House and McConnell are trying to say, hey, all these jobs and all this money is going back to, like, these big companies in your business. You know, Missouri is one of them. Uh, Florida, Indiana, Texas. And basically, the congressmen are saying, oh, well, like, this is not a jobs program. We can, if we, you know, this is a... This is we're borrowing this money, by the way. Um, so, you know, Congressman Jason Smith, he's basically said, no, it doesn't matter. And there's even a quote. I don't remember which congressman it was. May, it may have been Chip Roy, but it was just like, oh, jobs, blah, blah. Like you can't you're not selling this to us this way. And, and by the way, we don't even have the money. We're borrowing it. What's the you know, you, you talk about Biden and McConnell Obviously, there's going to be conservatives that are like, we can't do this. This has to stop now. But every conversation I see about funding the government, whatever it might be, always involves more funding. And outside of a few angry minority voices, the majority just seem fine with moving forward with it. 
Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what they do. They just, they, they don't have the capacity to write the bill. The committees wrote the bill. Leadership tells them what to do. And like they can put up a fight, but it's been interesting to watch this whole Johnson thing play out because, you know, they said they didn't like the way he handled the CR, but there is a recent article, maybe even from yesterday saying the freedom caucus is easing up a little bit on their demands on Johnson for an overall spending package, not necessarily related to the supplemental funding. A lot of the conservatives have said, look, we want some immigration or border security stuff included in this supplemental, and maybe we'll give them $15 billion for weapons, but not $60. Um, but on the overall spending um, issue, there was, an, there was a debate over, like, how much what would the total a dollar amount be? So $1.5 trillion or $1.4 trillion? I mean, we're talking like a very minimal difference, you know? And at one point, the conservatives have, had said, well, if spending is more than like $1.4 trillion, we're not going to vote for it. Well, the most recent article said, okay, if it's $1.5, anything under $1.5 trillion. I mean, it's, these numbers are just mind-boggling. So I think they'll get something passed, um, but it doesn't. Uh, it's not an easy job. Yeah, it's not. And I guess, you know, here's the worst part. The worst part of all this is even if Republicans win next year's election, and that's a heck of a big if, I'm not sure if we, if we move the ball forward on this issue. I feel like... You know, I hate to use the, the, the word uniparty, but it feels like we've got a uniparty that's all just agreed this is happening no matter who's in control. Yeah, well, I used to say when I, when I uh, worked there, I was like, well, there's three parties. There's Republicans, Democrats, and then there's the, pro, the appropriators. And the appropriators are from both parties, and they're in both houses, the Senate and the House. And, you know, they write the bills and pass them, and they're kind of their own party. And there's really very little difference between Republicans and Democrats who are on the Appropriations Committee. So do you think, is the question we need to... We need to pick a different speaker who put or who points different people to the appropriations committee. Is that is that sort of the starting space on this? Because ironically, there was an article just earlier this week about how conservatives starting to sour on Johnson because they feel like he's doing all the same things McCarthy did. And I'm like, listen, you I like I mean, Johnson seems like a fine guy, but I never really saw how he was different than McCarthy on these these fundamental issues. Uh, I mean, I think if he could write a bill, he might write a bill that spent less than McCarthy would have. But once you're in leadership, you know, if you don't if you don't pass the bills, then what are you doing? And I'm not saying that he should just pass anything, but I mean that certainly would be one way to do it. Um, rewrite, you know, who's on the committees, which Republicans are on the committee. But then you got to give your appropriations committee the uh, leash to say you can go write a really conservative bill and we'll put it on the floor. But the the margin we have su such a small margin um, as far as votes is concerned for passing things that th I feel like when you're in the majority your bills should barely pass. If you've written a good conservative bill, then you have to get just enough votes and only your people because you're not going to get Democrat votes. 
if you write a big spending bill that is full of pork and is lousy, in my opinion, it's going to pass overwhelmingly. And so if bills are passing with like 50 or 60 extra votes, then it's not a good bill. Joelle, uh, you teach federal budget classes at Johns Hopkins universities. What does, what do your students, when you talk to them about debt and deficit spending, do they seem to demonstrate fear or concern or are they so used to it that they're just like, no, this is just how countries operate? Well, that's a, that's a great question, especially because a, a large chunk of my students are not from the United States initially, but even the ones who are, um, I asked that question at the end of the semester, like what was the thing? Well, the first, the first week I asked it. And then at the end of the semester, what was like the most surprising thing for you? Almost universally, uh, they're completely shocked by how much of the spending that we do every year is not controlled by Congress. So Medicare, Medicaid, and social security, because the overarching rhetoric is, we spend all this money on the defense system and nothing on anything else, which just is not true. Um, now, we do spend a lot on defense, and we could spend less and do it more effectively. But I think they're surprised by how much of the money we have no control over that just kind of goes out automatically. Um, and as far as the debt, I think that they're kind of used to the numbers, but then once they start reading about how we get to that point and how hard it is to fix it, then they feel like, well, I, I don't know how we're going to fix it because none of these options sound great. There's also the new debt commission that's been proposed. Do you think that has any legs or is that just going to be a, uh, you know, a conversation piece that, that disappears? Um, well, there is a bill in the house and a bill in the Senate to create the commission. It's uh, not, it has not moved yet. I think it has a chance of passing. I don't know if it'll pass this year. I kind of wonder if they get it to a point then when they have to, because the the current continuing resolution, I think maybe goes through partly through January and partly through early February. So I wonder if they come up with some sort of something and they attach that to the next spending bill in January or February. But I do know there's a lot of back-channel conversations behind the scenes with people who served, um, that I served on the, com- the first commission with 10 years ago about, um, you know, who's going to be involved, who's going to do the Republican side, who's going to do the Democrat side. So certainly the people who care about this issue are trying to push it behind the scenes, but it will be up to Congress to pass a bill to actually create it, which I think I think we could see it. Um, early next year as part of the next spending bill. Joelle Cannon, if people want to follow you on social media, hear more about your uh, rants of the day or or just generally keep up with uh, the, the work that Congress is doing on budget and spending, how do they do that? I'm on Twitter at Joelle M as in money Cannon. That's probably the best way. I'm going to post a longer thread about the issue I talked about today. And a piece of it we did not even cover is, you know, Biden gave a speech on this military spending and he said, look, products that defend our country are made in the USA. Well, if you remember, we did a what the hell a couple of weeks ago about a military company that's a company that does military supply getting these contracts from DOD and lying about made in America products, buying products overseas, slapping a USA 
made in the USA label on it. And, you know, they're getting sued for lying about that. So um, anyway, I'm going to include all that and we'll have a big long thing of it online. All right. Uh, Joel Cannon, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That was Joel Cannon. We're going to be back. We're going to answer our question of the day at 520. I'm sorry, at 520. We're going to have Matt Reynolds on the show from Barbell Logic. It's a local virtual workout group. Uh, but it's not your normal one. They're actually blowing up, and they've, they've got investors. They're national. They're international. If you don't want to miss it, we're going to talk theology. We're going to talk barbells and working out with him. But coming up next, we'll answer the question of the day. Arms like it holds me now. So I dreamt myself a bird who could cross the waves. And I woke up just a man who was miles away.